0: Hello. Hello. Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia.
1: So I'm just fortunate that something was planted in my heart to lean towards the positivity of things. And because I acknowledge that not everyone can see that, I'm just trying to be as vocal as possible to turn my trials into testimonies. And share that with others, because I'm trying to tell you, your trial will become a testimony too. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast,
2: a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery hosted by life designer and Well Being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself you matter this is project loving myself hello friend welcome back to the next hour of feel good vibes as we talk today to a single mom who braves the odds carving out her own identity and finding her niche in the world of entertainment and showbiz Angel Jones is half Filipina, half Mexicana, and single mom to her two very talented kids. Her son, Tony Labrusca, is an American actor, model, and singer based in the Philippines. But more than that, Angel is a business marketing strategist, public figure, brand ambassador and celebrity host. She has acted, modeled, hosted, and influenced for more than two decades between Canada, LA, and the Philippines. Angel is an advocate and an ambassador for wellness, fitness, beauty, and positive coaching. The winner of the Century Tuna Superbods 2018 Ageless Grand Winner. Angel has always led by example, dedicated as she is to making a positive impact on others through life coaching and public speaking. She is also very fortright about her flaws and her past. It is this ability to forgive herself and move forward that has given her the perspective and compassion to help others who can't move past their own past mistakes. I can't wait to learn more about this powerhouse of a woman. Welcome to the show, Angel Jones.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: <laughs> Welcome, Angel. I'm so in awe of all the, the different things that you have achieved. It is really inspiring, and I'm sure to everyone listening in, they are going to really enjoy our conversation.
1: Well, I really appreciate your intro. I started getting impressed myself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's kind of like you
2: you put yourself in perspective when somebody else talks about you and you realize, oh, yeah, I did all of
1: that. That's me. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I guess you forget because you're still living, right? And you're still on this journey of the constant hustle and growing that you forget stuff you've done till someone kind of reminds you. It's refreshing. I appreciate it. <laughs> I think also, you know, I know I do this sometimes I get so caught
2: up in all the things I still need to do that I forget to recognize how much I have accomplished and how far I have come. So I think just taking a pause and uh, letting someone else remind you of how (laughs) wonderful you
1: are is, is something that we should all get a chance to do in our lives. Well, thank you for thinking so highly of me. Uh, I don't feel like that all the time, but it's nice. It's a nice reminder. So thank you for um, starting out my day great. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm happy to do that. Now, my first question for you,
2: Angel, on today's episode is really, how do you stay so hot considering (laughs) you have two grown, talented children who you, as you said on Instagram, you momager. So I want to know what's Um, momager and I want
1: to know how you stay hot. Like that is my first question. Well, for me, hotness is, um, (laughs) hotness is a non-negotiable thing for me. I think I spent so much time growing up feeling so inadequate, insecure, and just not enough or not hot that, uh, when I understood, how to cultivate that or be that or finally feel that why would i want to go a day without it right so i think it's a that and it's actively wanting to better yourself and it exudes in all forms, all levels. So I'm still single. I'm still young. I refuse to go a day without looking and feeling my best. And when you have beautiful, successful kids, you kind of have to keep up a bit, you know? (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. And I like that statement. You said, you know, I refuse to go a
2: single day without looking and feeling my best. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the powerful statement in there is whatever makes you feel and look good to you is something that, you know, you commit to day after day.
1: Exactly. It is a decision and a commitment and a lifestyle for sure.
2: So do you ever get like lazy? Like today, I just want to be in sweats and, you know, just not look good for a change i just want to be comfortable or messy do you get days like that
1: uh, absolutely but for me uh looking good is not necessarily putting on makeup i mean that's part of it too sometimes but for me it's a it's an inner battle that i work on it's what i'm doing to to make me feel better it's the the meditation it's the the walks that i take so it's not just makeup or dressing up that's a that's a part of it but the overall is it's a well-being. It's it's a feeling that I create daily for myself. But yeah, if I want that extra oomph, I will... You know, make sure to slather it on, pick a good outfit, fix my hair. And honestly, instantly, I feel like a million bucks because it's transformative. And that's one of the things that I teach people, too, is if you are insecure and and you don't feel confident, um, one of the first steps, if you don't know where to start, start with your appearance, start with your hygiene, start with your clothing because you can control that. Right. And then you build, you build the internal uh, tools that you need to, you know, gain and you need to create. So, um, yeah, when I want to instant pick me up, I I do like to put on a face, put on an outfit, fix my hair and instantly I am uh, feeling like a million bucks.
2: You know, I I totally get what you're saying. And it's that whole fake it till you make it philosophy. Like because the inner work takes time. It's not an overnight thing. Right is something you constantly work towards and it's a process, you know, you yes. don't just arrive there. Right. So exactly. in the meanwhile, in the interim, like you said, you know, at least you can work on self-care because that's easy. That's something, you know, we can go for a blow dry, we can get our nails done, we can put on a makeup and, you know, an outfit that we feel confident in. And even mm-hmm. if that helps, mm-hmm. you know, I think it just makes one more day easier to get through.
1: Exactly. Why not? Exactly. Because I I always believe like if you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you're confident. And when you're confident, it gives you that power to move forward, to take that step that you're scared to do to give you that courage for whatever it- your your goals are or what you're trying to face the day with. So yeah, for me, my hair, my makeup, my outfit is my power suit. You know, if I know I got to deal with something that I'm scared of, or I don't really feel like I'm capable of, because, you know, we have that imposter syndrome, I just put myself together and I'm going to look the part till I feel the part. I'm going to look the part until
2: I feel the part. So for me, that's like that extra boost that helps us, you know, get through any hurdle. But I like how you called it your power suit. Um, (laughs) That's just such a great term is today I'm wearing my power suit. And it's true, right? right? You know, when you're going into a big meeting, or you're up against, you know, certain types of people, you might want to dress a certain way or present yourself a certain way so that you feel in that place of power. There are different colors. There are stances. I don't know if you've heard of uh, something called the power poses by Amy Cuddy. And she talks about how there are different poses that can get us into this state of feeling empowered, powerful, and ready to kind of take on the world.
1: So I love what you're sharing. Even where you sit, you know, even it all matters. It really does. Um, I totally agree with you. And I absolutely believe in that. Amazing. Now, you you mentioned a little earlier, Angel, you
2: talked about how for a big part of your life, you didn't feel confident. You didn't feel I, I don't remember the exact words you you used, mm-hmm. but it was definitely not what you are talking about, how you feel today. So you've mm-hmm. been through that journey. you didn't have the confidence, you weren't as secure. At mm-hmm. which point, um and tell me a little bit about that journey. you know, at which point, Did you get there where it was like, oh, I, I actually believe in myself. I have the confidence. I don't need to rely so much on, you know, my external appearance because from the inside, I feel good. Was there kind of like a turning point? Did you reach a point where you look back and said, I'm now here? Tell me a bit about
1: that. I, to be honest, so I'm 43, I'll be 44 next week. And I didn't fully feel 100% beautiful, like with and without makeup, till my 30s. It's crazy. It's part A, just part of the journey, right? But I started working on it in my late 20s. So, I mean, it could be shorter or longer for, for, depends, but I was actively figuring it out. And when people ask like how I did it all, I couldn't afford therapy because I was, I didn't have the funds and the means to do so. So thank God for internet. Thank God for friends who are therapists. Thank God for books, you know, books, classes, workshops. I did it all. And it was a hard, there was a time that I'd even have to write things down because it's not normal for us to think this way sometimes, especially when you grow up in a toxic environment, right? So thinking positive, speaking positive, or or just being a kind of individual is not normal. So I had to unlearn and relearn. So that process was from my 20s is when I started. And I didn't fully feel 100% till my late 30s. It's kind of crazy. And a lot of that came from... Yeah. Just that desire. I was in a slump. I'll, I'll rewind. I just had like a tough childhood, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I, I didn't, I didn't have a nurturing upbringing. And so, and then I started singing and all that. And I, and I didn't really see beauty within me, you know, for a lot of many reasons. And I had a, I was a young mom and so many layers there, but the first step was, Makeup. It sounds extremely shallow, but we had my makeup done professionally because we had to perform or whatever. And they did my hair and my makeup, and we we shot something. And that was the first time I saw who I wanted to feel like, and that was like my light bulb. Like, oh, it's possible to look the way I, I envision myself to look, and to feel. Now I need to figure out how to feel like that. All the time, so that was the start of that journey. So, like I said, books, workshop, uh, classes, <laughs> YouTube, uh, following people, being surrounded by people that believe in the same mantras, or or just re-educating myself, and then to even spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, fitness was a huge factor. Fitness not only just made your body feel better, but all the chemical releases um, just added to that joy and that peace, which made you have better life choices in your food and what you eat affects how you feel. It was this whole life change within that process. So I didn't completely feel like a hundred percent. I mean, I'm still not a hundred percent. I'll say 99 percent. Okay. Till my late thirties. So now my forties is like, not a piece of cake, but I'm just Learning to just enjoy every single minute of it and not wasting any day, not feeling amazing. So, yeah. You know, it's amazing because what you're talking about is the journey
2: of self-development. You're talking about, you know, reading those like self-help or, you know, empowering books, doing different workshops. It's all about you know, growing, right? It's all about becoming that version of yourself that you envision and you saw it. Mm-hmm. Way on early, you identified that this is who I want to feel like. What I see is yeah. what I want to feel like. And I guess that mm-hmm. moment directed you on that path of self discovery. And yeah. it's unfortunate, but it's true that most people did not come from those happy, positive, nurturing childhoods. Yeah. You know, we've all mm-hmm. been there at some point or the other. And so, really, the way forward, the easiest way forward is that journey of self-discovery, which on this podcast, we call the Project Loving Myself journey, right? Right. that journey of falling in love with yourself.
1: It's a journey and it never ends. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It never ends because we're constantly evolving people, you know, who I was as a kid, as a teenager, twenties, thirties, forties, and I'll be different in my fifties, you know, so we got to learn to love every stage. Of who we and become. I and loving
2: each stage of who we become, right? I'm sure you agree with this, Angel. Also means being ready to let go of who we were at these various stages that we cross, letting go and forgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I want to go with mm-hmm. you know, this next part of um, our conversation is letting go and forgiving. And I know one of the areas of your life that were that was a pretty major part of your learning journey, your personal growth journey was motherhood. So Mm. can we talk a little bit about that, about being a single mom and what that was like and kind of that stage of your life? Right.
1: um, What happened? Yeah. Um, It's funny because I had my kids in um, different gaps, right? I had one when I was 16, the other one when I was in my 20s. And it's amazing how age... (laughs) You, you're two different mothers, depending on which age you gave birth. And when I gave birth to my son, I was 16. I was a young mom, single mom. And at 16, most kids are in high school. They're, you know, hanging out with friends. They're obsessing over things which turn into hobbies and careers and whatever. They're figuring out who they want to become. And Being a young mom, petrified, not knowing what to do, having this toxic parent myself, I didn't have the blueprints of how to be a good mother, right? And so I was just running off sheer grit, hustle, and just trying to wing it and hoping to God that I don't mess up. Like that's all I did. I didn't even finish high school. I took my GED because I just couldn't juggle work and raising my son. So what I learned about parenthood is age really does matter in terms of mentally where you're going to be with your child. Right. And um, I learned a lot as when I being a single young mom was the the grit and the hustle that I learned just trying to survive and keep this kid alive is so priceless because it's the same drive that I use today that keeps me constantly like like moving forward passionately. And if I didn't have my son so early, I wouldn't have learned all that. I probably would have, I, because my mom spoiled me. I mean, although she was extremely violent and, and not nurturing, she, she did spoil me. So I would have probably been one of those kids that, you know, wouldn't apply themselves, you know, probably be mooching off their parents. till they're 30. I don't know. You know, one of those people, uh, not German, yeah. but because I, I kid so early, it taught me the art and the power of just hustling, you know, not in a bad hustle, but just how to hone into that survival mode. So that was one aspect. And also, again, I said, I had no hobbies. My hobby was to raise my kid. <laughs> I, you know, it's just funny because like I didn't get to do a girl's trip till I was in my thirties. You know, I didn't wow. do, anything. you know, I didn't do, I mean, I had moments of partying, but never the wild, you know, crazy trips or the wild escapades I didn't have any of those things so it's pretty amazing that I'm doing all those things now and I don't feel like I missed out I'm actually glad I'm doing it now because now that I'm 40 or in my 30s I'm doing it with a sober wise mind where I know my boundaries I won't fall for you know some dumb pick line I won't um make decisions because I'm just so careless and carefree. Everything I do now is so logical, but I'm having good, clean fun. Okay, that might sound boring a lot of you, but it's, I don't know. I love knowing that I'm having fun and I'm not going to regret it the next day. I'm still living my best, but boundaries are, are great. And it's just wild that people don't see the value in boundaries. I love boundaries. Like I take pride when I say no. You know, or I take pride when I French exit out, you know, the the event or whatever. So I'm just grateful that I can experience what I was supposed to experience in my 20s. I'm doing now in my 40s. Even dating's better, in a sense. Dating's better because I can see all the through the the BS. I can kind of like use my intuition to gauge. The situation, and I don't tolerate a lot of things. But it is also harder to find people when your standards are so high, and you know you are older. And unfortunately, there's a lot of shallow people out there who want a twenty-year-old who doesn't think about anything. Right? So (laughs) it's okay. I love my own company, so I don't mind waiting.
2: (laughs) I love my own company. Everyone should be able (laughs) to say that, right? But I, I also. I totally agree with the value of good, clean fun. Like I'm all there. You know, I have also had my share of interesting experiences and I've gotten to a point where that to me, like having good, clean fun, you mm-hmm. know, the, the boundaries you mentioned, the ability to say no, like all of those things are important and they're valuable. And I'm, I'm so glad that we have the ability and the power to do so. So Angel, you know, mm-hmm. I, um, I had my first child when I was, 30. Wow. And I com- completely relate to this whole mm-hmm. concept of age making you a very different parent. And I yeah. think I knew, um, uh, apologies, actually, I got married at 30. My first child was at 35, not even 30. So mm-hmm. at 35, my first child, and I knew that I wasn't ready to yeah. be a mom until then. Because, like you yeah. said, if I was a different age, I knew I would not be the kind of mother that I wanted to be. So it takes that level of maturity, yeah. but for people who are in that situation and it's not something they could control. It's something that just happened. There are, of course, a lot of different challenges that you've already identified and shared with us, but for you, it wasn't just having a child at 16. It was also being a single mom. So you were Mm kind of like faced with not just one single challenge, but (laughs) you know, two big ones. Those are two very big ones. Yeah. Yeah. How did you manage? How did you manage being a single mom and still, you know, being on your own personal growth journey, which I know you you have been? This is no easy feat. So tell us a little bit about how you manage, because I know that there are a lot of women out there who ask me this
1: very question. Well, I didn't really have any role models to look to, you know, I didn't really have anyone to talk to or, and it was shameful to be uh, pregnant so early or to be a young mom so early. But I have to say that was the worst time of my life. I mean, I, I look young because I'm Filipino and Mexican. So when you're 16, you look like you're 12. Okay. So I imagine looking like a, a pregnant 12 years. It was really bad. I mean, I was judged, you know, the this, this, this stigma and I get it. You know, my mom was embarrassed of me. Uh, it, it was a whole thing. But now fast forward before, you know, I talk about the trials, fast forward, it ended up being the best thing I did. I mean, God has a way or the universe has a way of working it out for you. You know, now I'm young enough to go out with my son, talk to my kids, understand, still have the mental capacity to get it. You know, because the generations are so different. If I was too old, it would be hard to like get it, you know, or even to have that desire to want to change myself to be a better mom. But at that time, how to survive, I was not thinking about how how to be a good mom. I wasn't even thinking about how to heal or whatever. I was just, how am I gonna feed this kid? (laughs) You know, that's all I was thinking about. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to chuck it up to the universe and the source to God because opportunities presented itself. And I just kept saying, yes, I had no idea how to sing. I had no idea how to host. I had no idea, but I'm like, I'll try out. I'll try. I'll do it. I just used my sheer boldness and just said, yeah, sure. I'll do it. But deep down, I'm like, holy cow, I don't know how to do this, but I really need this job. <laughs> it was that I did not know how to sing. I did not know how to dance. I didn't know how to be a VJ. I didn't know how to be, be a DJ. I had stage fright for crying out loud. I would choke on my own saliva because I was I had such severe stage fright. But that's what I love about the fear of being that single mom of being that young mom. The fear gave you the balls to do it. Go for it. Try it. Right. And that is what kept me alive and kept me surviving was the faith that one day I'll get better. I I don't know how, but it will. And knowing that fear is going to drive me to keep us alive and yeah, and that we can do it. We We can. And that's why I'm very open about it. Cause I didn't have people to talk to that went through what I went through. And it's, it's refreshing when you feel like you're not alone. When you know, someone's out there who is experiencing what you are experiencing. And I didn't have that. I didn't know many young moms, single moms. I didn't know many. I mean, my sister-in-law was, and we were kind of like in this boat together kind of situation. But at the end of the day, I was alone. So, I'm very expressive of what I went through and what I had to do, um, how I survived so that I can somehow, if someone hears it, they won't feel alone and they'll have the hope that, Hey, she got through it with nothing. I can get through it with nothing. It's possible, but you need to have that drive to really do whatever it takes to, to survive And it's crazy because I find a lot of the generations don't have that right now. But I'm really grateful that I got to experience that. And it's been a huge help for me in chasing a lot of scary dreams that I've had.
2: You know, uh, people can be brought down by fear. Fear can, you know, make us freeze. It can get in the way Mm -hmm. or fear can motivate us. Mm -hmm. to kind of face it, you know, to get through it. And in your case, you know, you said um, it was grit. Earlier in the conversation, you talked about grit. You've mentioned boldness. And I think just having that single, you know, single goal of... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. Surviving and I will do
0: whatever it takes to
2: survive. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that is something you know that is part of like the human spirit is when we're pushed into a corner and there's nowhere to go. Okay. We will, yeah, we'll switch on to survival mode and we'll figure out how to survive. You know, and anyone can do it. It doesn't matter how strong you are, how weak you think you are. If you have to survive, and push comes to shove, you will climb out of that hole. And sometimes exactly. that, yeah, it sucks that you have to be in that point in your life. You have to be in that corner. But at
1: yeah. least, you know, when you're down, the only way to go from there is up. Right? Absolutely. And I think the key factor as well, I, I haven't mentioned yet, is humility. It, you know, with social media and, and just the way society is now, no one wants to look in embarrassed nobody wants to be humble nobody wants to go through that humility that it takes to get there like they just want to be there whether it's healing or survival or or the goal or the dream or whatever like it takes that humility to get that grit to and you need that boldness to get through it so that you can get to the the prize or the goal or wherever the next step is you know and that carries on for the rest of your life you know if you have that humility to accept your situation and what you need to do and where you're at as a person you can get through any situation but a lot of people say like the younger generation or the millennials are
2: too entitled you know Mm -hmm. like they don't want to work for it they don't want to you know they want they don't persevere um, right. And I guess you're, what you're saying is kind of the same thing. Like in our time, um, I'm the same age as you. So in our time, we were willing to kind of, you know, to work for it, mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Whereas today I see a lot more and I see this with my clients a lot is the giving up, the giving yeah. up really, really early into it. Um, and yes. a lot of people end up because they're giving up and they Mm -hmm. see no hope the giving up turns to depression it turns to suicide it turns to a lot of these other i would say like offshoots of giving up or consequences of giving up and what's really interesting to me is you mentioned humility Mm -hmm. but i also heard from you trust you had trust that if you applied yourself if you did whatever it takes Mm -hmm. the opportunities would come. The universe Mm -hmm. was watching out for you. The source was there. Like, so even though you had that survival instinct, you had Mm -hmm. the humility, I think you also had something which a lot of people lack, which is the trust that you would survive. You know, that there was something greater than you who was looking out for you, you know, and, and I think a lot of people are missing that. And that's why it becomes really hard to keep going when there are setbacks or when there are challenges and difficulties, because you don't know for sure if you're going to get through it and you don't know if there's anyone who cares or Mm -hmm. who's looking out for you or if, you know, even if the universe is this idea of the universe is real. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, Angel, to those people who are in that boat? How Mm -hmm. would you share your experiences to give them maybe that encouragement or that
1: support? Well, I have to say, my faith was built over the years. It didn't. I wasn't just this positive person that believed, you know, things will be better. I think I had no choice but to believe things will be better, you know. And when they did, as time went on, that's when I realized, like, Right. Not everyone believes things get better. So for some reason, whether it's because I'm favored or or, or so happens that I, I, I was put in a group that I'd believed in that, I don't know. All I know is that I feel that it is my duty to share that because I lived it. I need to share it for those people who weren't as fortunate as me to have had met someone who taught me that or found that book that that inspired me to think that. So why don't I be that thing that will trigger that thought within them? Right. So that's why, for whatever reason, I started noticing my little wins over time, little wins, like little things, like when I didn't have any money left and different story and time. But so there was one time I had no money. I'm just going to explain one of these little wins that I'm talking about. So I had no money and there was some bright idea that popped into my mind. Sell your stuff. Again, the humility Who wants to sell their stuff. I don't want to sell my stuff. So Accept, okay, humility, sell my stuff. I love this stuff, but whatever. I need rent, right? I managed to make enough to pay for rent that month. And for me, that was a win. You know, that was a win. That that thought that crossed my mind, the humility, That the getting surviving another month. I think people fail to see the little wins. They want the big wins. You know, that's why I'm here to talk about the little wins, to turn my trials into testimonies and as I was going through life I kept seeing these little wins these little wins, little things like I prayed to be uh, on a radio show and and it happened just little things you know but having had that heart is what got me through and that's why I share it with people now it's not about all the big wins it's the little wins that combined and you see that someone is out there something is out there trying to help you move, get towards that goal that you really want. And we fail to see the little things like this is something I talk about with my son all the time, because he's 27. And he's one of those people that have a hard time seeing the winds, you know. And so if me going through that helps someone who can't see it, see it, then I feel like I've I've achieved my purpose. So I'm just fortunate that something was planted in my heart to lean towards the positivity of things. And because I acknowledge that not everyone can see that, I'm just trying to be as vocal as possible to turn my trials into testimonies and share that with others. Because I'm trying to tell you, your trial will become a testimony too. So yeah, I don't... That's that's the only thing I can say about that. This wins. Looking at the small wins, I think mm-hmm. that is how one
2: builds confidence yes. and trust. Is mm-hmm. if you commit to that practice of seeing, acknowledging, and having the yeah. humility to assign or to recognize that that win came from somewhere. You know, it came yeah. that message or that thought came mm-hmm. from somewhere. And it became your win, but that there is, you know, there is that force out there. So having the humility to assign part of that win to that idea Mm -hmm. of the universe or the creator. And I think Mm -hmm. just doing that practice of the wins, the small little wins, even on a daily basis, because that's something I do as part of how I manage um, Mm -hmm. my daily tasks and how I manage my life, which is to recognize, well, of all the things that I did today, you know, this was something that was pretty cool that I got done or the fact that I did something that I didn't want to do is a win, you know, and so. Acknowledging these tiny little wins is a huge influence, I think, on our lives. Um, so I, I want to, you know, thank you for that. That was great. That was a great tip.
1: yeah I still do to this day I mean I did it this morning I wrote down what my what I'm hoping to happen uh this day and even things that that happened that I didn't write down I write it down anyway and the the action of crossing it out with a highlighter just gives you this of like accomplishment, and it sounds silly and stupid, but I have picked methodologies over the years, spiritual, psych- scientific, um, psychology methodologies, and I just you know, implemented all of them in my life, if it makes me better, try it, and so that's one of the ways I celebrate little wins, is when you see that highlighted cross out that you did, or that check mark, it makes you feel accomplished. You know, it makes you feel like I'm getting one step further towards the bigger goal. And yeah. we need those every day. It's not yeah. something happens overnight. It's that practice that you do every day that will make you that person that to keep you healed, to keep you going, to give you that motivation. You know, it's not the, that one class you're going to take. It's the steps every day that you're going to do on this whole journey. And, and so we call
2: that like self acknowledgement, right? Acknowledging all the wonderful things that are happening, acknowledging how far you've come again, instead of focusing on how far you still have to go. Yes. But I, I also, I also want to kind of highlight something else you said, which is the turning your trials into testimonies. And mm-hmm. this is something that I know you're doing consistently in your life. Your passion is to empower, inspire people through individual life coaching and public speaking. So I I know Mm -hmm. that is something that you are very, very dedicated to. So tell me a little bit about Mm -hmm. these practices, the coaching, the speaking. Tell me a little bit about, Mm -hmm. you know, what is your approach when
1: working with people or speaking to audiences? To be honest, I took up, I was very active in um, a Christian church like 10 years ago. I loved it. I needed that foundation. When you grow up toxic, you don't have foundations. You don't know, you know, absolutely what's right or wrong. Right. So I loved being religious at one point because it helped build a foundation to kind of start somewhere. Right. We need to start somewhere. And so as I evolved and and um, I realized what I like, I don't like, you know, I I, I cultivated what worked for me spiritually. And one of the things I did after being extremely religious, I learned to balance. So now it was, I, I made you spirit with science, with philosophy, with psychology, right? And then I said to myself, and, anyways, this is another long story, but I'll cut it short. I was going through a crisis. Okay. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Why was I so miserable? I mean, I had, I was married. I had kids like I'm, I'm alive, but what's wrong with me? So I took up counselor training amongst many other things. I took just searching for how to feel fulfilled and whole and happy. So I took up counselor training. So I learned about Family, marital, overall, just counselor training. Because I do want to help people. I wanted to help people so badly, but I didn't know how, right? And I was so messed up. How's this messed up person going to help people, (laughs) right? And so when I took these classes, I ended up helping myself. I took this to help others. I ended up helping myself. Because you learn the methodologies, you practice them on you. And all these breakthroughs started happening, And I was implementing them in my life. And I did want to try to apply it as a career, like do one-on-one counseling. And I did try and hated it. I hated helping people who... Okay, here's the thing about me. I hate dealing with people who whine about the same thing over and over again and refuse to do anything about it. Because I'm a very like if I see a problem, okay, what's the change that needs to be made? Because you're obviously in a cycle, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm a very like, okay, we got to change it up if we want a different outcome. So I realized I was not fit for (laughs) one-on-one. I'm more of a crowd talking person. So that's what I focused on. And I started doing that. I started doing talks when we do our makeup uh, workshops with beautyism, we'd go to NARS or whatever brands would allow us to hold workshops. And I started beautifying people because that's what I was good at, right? I was, I was a makeup artist at the time. How, beautifying people, but yet still speaking because that's the counselor part of me that wanted to help. So I was combining the two things that helped me. And then I realized that's my calling. My calling is to just share all the tools, all the things, all the trials that help me heal, grow, be confident. And so that's that's my preferred, I guess, platform or method is storytelling and sharing what worked for me. One thing that, you know, pops to psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists. I mean, they're great at what they do for me, I can't take anyone seriously who tells me how to do something based off a book and it wasn't something they lived. Right. It's really hard. I'm I'm speaking for myself. It might work for others, but I'm speaking for myself. So I'm like, okay, if I feel this way, I'm sure other people feel that way too. You know, how can I talk, talk about, you know, the struggles of being a single mom or, or a young mom, if I never was, Right. So that's how I looked at it. I'm like, there's other people out there that think like me. I'm going to keep sharing, obnoxiously sharing. And whoever needs to hear it will hear it. So, yeah, that's that's my method, I guess. I love speaking to people. I love sharing. I love being on shows like yours. I love having that conversation with open minded people. I'm not here to fix you. I'm just here to share. And if that strikes something in you and if, let's say, I left you feeling a positive way, then I feel like I, I did my purpose. I'm not I'm not going to heal anyone. I'm just showing you how I healed myself. And hopefully that inspires you somehow Pick a journey for yourself that heals you. So you know I what that. they say? <laughs> what they say about a good coach is, is
2: someone who has lived, you know, has lived a lot of different experiences and really coaching is sharing what you've learned. Um, mm-hmm. all All the, as you said, you know, all the trials you've been through and all the things you've learned from it at the end of the day is the best learning ground for anybody else who's about to embark in that journey or someone who's still stuck in that part of their life. And that's really what even this podcast is about, is about having people like you share their wins, you know, share their lessons, their learnings. Because I do believe, like you, Angel, that there's no bigger testimony than ourselves, you know, than what we've been through and how we've dealt with the Mm -hmm. different things in our lives And just sharing that, I think, inspires and uplifts people and shows them, you know, there's a way, there's a different approach, there's power in perspective. And I think there's so much power in the perspectives that you have shared on today's episode. Now, I just want to ask you, you have a lot of experience and expertise in well-being and fitness, you know, in coaching, counseling, makeup. Mm -hmm. There's so much that you stand for and so much that I feel like you've really grown through. What -hmm. are your favorite topics to talk about or where do you see yourself really um, shining in? Is there one particular area or does it get confusing? You know, which which one you're going to play or which one you're going to, to talk about? Um, at this particular platform or event?
1: You know, the whole concept, jack of all trades, uh, master of none. Well, that quote actually goes jack of all trades, master of none, but often better than master of one. And it's actually a compliment. It wasn't meant to be something negative, but people use it as something negative. And I grew up thinking that quote was negative. You know, I was one of those people that felt insecure that I wasn't talented or or driven in that one aspect, right? And as I grew older and, you know, survival mode and all that stuff, I realized all those mastering of every little thing that I had to go through in life or do and, and accomplish created this toolbox, this huge, amazing toolbox that I've created within me that you throw me somewhere, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I don't know. How I'm going to figure it out. And when I think of an overall label for myself, I just say I'm the the one that gets it done. You know, everyone's so hung up on label, one label, one specific. I'm like, I'm just the one that gets it done. I, I don't know how, but I will whatever in every aspect of my life, my children's life or whatever's thrown at me. And for me, that's powerful. And I don't think, Enough people hear that, that it's okay to be a jack of all trades. It's actually a huge talent. It's a blessing. It's a gift to be able to be flexible, to adapt to change. It is a huge power. It's powerful to be able to do that. Do I feel it confusing? No, because as an entity, I stand for growth. I stand for what's possible. I stand for that people can change and evolve. And so if I were to pick a name for my branding, it would be that, like, I stand for change, I suppose. Because who I was in when I was a kid and when I was 20 to now is a completely different person. So I, I'm going to change that. I stand for hope. That's, that's my branding is hope and inspiration. So I don't feel confused about that. I love what I stand for. And... Um, I'm very proud of it. I love that. I think it's so
2: beautiful, Angel. Um, and on that note, I would love to have your project, Loving Myself message mm-hmm. or mantra. Um, okay. I know you've, you've said some really inspiring words about hope and change and growth. Um, if you were to sum it up and if you would like to leave our audience with something they can take away, what would you say to them?
1: Okay. Um, well, I said this when I when I won Superbods and I just have to say that when I won, it was if I joined a few years earlier, I wouldn't have won because I wasn't in the right state of mind to win. And when they asked me this question, mind you, I'm not the most fittest. I'm fit, but I'm not the most fittest. I'm beautiful, but I'm not a model, not by any means. I'm short. I'm 40. I've had kids, you know, whatever. But the confidence that exuded me was unstoppable. Okay. And it was a journey to get there. Right. And when they asked me this question, it was so easy to answer because this is what I stand for. And this is what I tell everybody all the time, which is my mantra, which is fall in love with yourself first. And when I say they fall in love with yourself first, I don't mean like just spa days and nails done and, you know, I'm going to treat myself today and retail. Show. I'm not excluding that, but I'm not saying that. What I mean is when you love someone, you love them fully. You accept them. You you love the, the messed up parts of them. And what do you do? You don't want anyone to hurt them. You don't want them to stand for abuse. You want the best for them. You want to protect them, take care of them. You want them to excel. Why is it so easy for us to think that towards someone, but not to ourselves, right? So I tell them, and I had to tell myself and I had to live this. And this is the one thing I tell my children all the time. Fall in love with yourself first because your standards change. What you allow in your life change. Your goals, your perspective, your your priorities, who you are as a person changes. You become that amazing person you wanted to become. You become that mother you've always wanted to be. You become that partner or whatever, you know, so that would be my overall mantra. And what I'd like to share with everyone is fall in love with
2: yourself first. I think it's so powerful. And it's something that I really live by and I really believe in. So Mm -hmm. thank you for putting it in such a beautiful way. Fall in love with yourself first. It is definitely words I think everyone should put up, you know, put up on your phone, put it up in the mirror. (laughs) something you should see and remind yourself every single day. Angel, thank you for this very inspiring episode. Thank you for everything that you have shared and, you know, giving us a glimpse into your personal journey. I think that is the testimony that really means a lot to everyone listening in. Uh, before we go, if you don't mind sharing where people can find you, how to get in touch with you, your socials, I'm sure they would love to, to learn a little bit more.
1: For sure. Socials is great. It's Miss uh, Instagram or all my platforms. It's At Miss Angel Jones, that's M I S S -S, Angel Jones. And that's where I obnoxiously talk about healing and funny uh, things about life and just authenticity of the journey. You know, coming from a mother who absolutely did not know how to be one. And I, honestly thought i wrecked my children uh, from the lack of knowing to now my kids are my best friends you know and that wouldn't have happened without this journey of healing so yeah that's where you can find me and you'll see all my little stories and and you'll see that hope and change is very possible you know, Angela,
2: I wanna just add that I have followed, you know, some of the articles and I, I believe you did like a live, right? And your mm-hmm. son, you know, has such amazing things to say about you and your relationship with him, which I mean, you were a 16-year-old mother to him at that time. And I'm sure, you know, there are a lot of stories um that might have caused conflict between oh, yeah. the two of you or so many things. But the fact mm-hmm. that You guys share this amazing bond and he is able to trust you and feel safe with you. I mean, that says a lot about how much you've grown, how far you've come from that 16 year old girl who just, you know, was like, how do I feed this little kid? How do I survive? I'm going to wing it. I'm just going to figure it all out. I mean, I think that that in itself is such a beautiful testimony Mm. of you know, what you have done, what you've accomplished in your life. Thank so you. I take this moment to recognize that about you.
1: Thank you thank so you. much. If it's one thing that I can do right, it's to inspire our children. Thank you for this platform. Your show is amazing. I really appreciate it. And, and it's just so heartwarming to know that you're doing something good by sharing the good news of hope, change, and inspiration. So thank you again for having me. Wonderful. Thank you. I thought
2: Angel was such an amazing speaker and had so many great stories to share. I like the idea of turning our trials into testimonies. And we can all do that for the people that we love. There is a healer and a coach in every one of us. So your Project Loving Myself journey is your inspiration to the people around you. Let me know what you think of that. Send me a DM or post and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and tag me too at Sanaya Gurnamal. Your journey of inspiring others can start right now. Please do subscribe to the podcast and share it with the people that you love. I leave you now with our quote for this episode. Survival can be summed up in three words, never give up. That's the heart of it, really. Just keep trying. And that's by Bear Gryllis. But I've also got another one for you today from Charles Darwin that I feel just sums up Angel's life. It is not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the one more responsive to change. So apt, isn't it? So remember that. Change is your friend. Do not be afraid of change and keep moving towards it. You are so loved. Thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself. Brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by PodMachine.